Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. So in his book, An Anthropologist on Mars, neurologist Oliver Sack tells about Virgil, a man who had been blind from early childhood. When he was 50, Virgil went under, under surgery and was given the gift of sight. But as he and Dr. Sack found out, Having the physical capacity for sight is not the same as seeing. Virgil's first experience with sight was confusing. He was able to make out colors and movement, but arranging them into coherent pictures was more difficult. Over time, he learned to identify various objects, but his habits, his behaviors were still those of a blind man. And so the doctor says that one must die as a blind person and be born again as a seeing person. And amen this morning. In our story we are about to read, God's people have not yet died to Egypt. That they may see what God has in store for them. God is trying to move them forward, but their minds were stuck in Egypt. Let's read our scripture this morning. Exodus 14, 14 through 18. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and his hosts, his chariots, his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Let's pray this morning. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and the honor, Lord God, as we set our sight, Lord God, upon you. As we set our hearts, Lord God, upon you, that you can deliver us, that you can bring us forth, Lord God, unto your promise, Lord God, that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so I want to take a look this morning that God wants to get involved. In our story, God has brought his children out of bondage in Egypt. He has taken them to a land filled with milk and honey. He has promised them. But the people have a hard time believing this. Even after he has delivered them with a strong arm, mighty signs and wonders. God has good things in store for his people. And he wants you and I to believe this. Um, A while back... Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we got Ava and Adeline some bikes. Amen. And we blessed them with these bikes. They're, they're nice, amen, bikes. 
And so the neighbor, she comes over and she, she wants to ride Ava's bike. And how many of us know that it's good, amen, for us to be blessed? And it's good for us to bless our kids. And so this is the same thing, amen, that God has towards us. He wants to bless us. Just like we want to bless our children, God wants to bless you and I. And so the children of Israel have left Egypt and Pharaoh is behind them. The people are saying to themselves, if we have left them behind, then why are they after us? And so Israel is looking back at the things, amen, at things and they're not looking good for them. This is a picture of your past, amen, that wants to catch up with you. Just because you are delivered does not mean everything goes away. We have to, amen, we have people that get saved. They have warrants. They have child support. They have back child support. They have a baby mama drama. They have baby mama mama drama. And so this means... That they have multiple kids with different women. They're not married to them. And just because you come to Jesus, your past does not go away automatically. We have to deal with some of these things, even though we are saved, even though we're walking, amen, in God, even though we're walking in His Spirit, amen. We just want them to disappear sometimes, but they're still there. And so even though things may look bad, it doesn't mean that God is not for us. If you look at your situation through the eyes of the natural, it will be hard for you to believe God for his divine intervention. What do you see when things do not seem favorable? Do you see the possibilities or do you see the impossible? And so our trust needs to be in the one who delivered us out of Egypt. And so just like Israel, we have seen the things he has done for us. And so if he has done them before, God can do it again. If God has delivered us before, he can come through, amen, for us once again. And so the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And so the people of Israel kept looking back. Numbers 11, 4 through 6 says, Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. They cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength has dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. And so it is hard to believe God if we are always looking back or speaking negatively. You see the people here. Amen, what they say. It says, but now our strength is dried up. And there is nothing but this manna 
to look at. And so what God has given them is not enough for them. What God has brought them through is not enough for them. And we could be like that sometimes. Amen. Even though, amen, God has brought us great deliverance. Just because, you know, things seem bad, amen, we can, that can come out of us. We speak negatively about our situation. And we don't believe God, amen. The life of a Christian is a life of moving forward. And so it is not about being stuck in the same place or reverting back to where we came from. Amen. This is a world filled with heartache and pains. But let me say this morning that it is not our final destination. And so we have a future. And it is called heaven. And so if we continually look to the prize, we will have strength to move forward. Philippians 3, 12, 16 says, Not that we have already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Amen. This, it says straining forward. Amen. So there's, there's a pushing. Amen. There's a pressing forward. Amen. That, that Paul is saying here. I press on toward the goal for the prize of an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think. Otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Amen. And so we must look, amen, this morning at the, at the prize. We must not look at our situation. We must not look at our circumstances. Amen. And we will be able to move forward. And so are you looking to the promise or are you looking at your situation? Amen. Tell the people to go forward. And so when we are moving forward, we have no time to look back. Amen. Think about this. I've uh, been in situations, man, what I have to decide in my own walk with God, am I going to be stuck here? Or I'm going to keep moving forward. And as I've moved forward, amen, I've, as I've got involved in the kingdom of God, and as, as I got involved in my ministry, as I've got involved with other people, amen, I was able to move forward. Uh, one thing that I've done is I've also looked at other people's situation as, as you're helping them. And when you look at their situation, you're like, man, my situation is, is not that bad compared to what their situation is. And so we must not look back. Uh, we must keep moving forward, amen, for the kingdom of God. And those things will, will be minimized. I want to take a look this evening at the rod of deliverance. And so Moses had his eyes on God. Charles H. Spurgeon says, God granted if we must have two eyes, that they may be both, Clear ones, 
one eye, amen, of faith, wholly fixed on Christ, and the other eye on obedience equally and wholly fixed on the same object. Amen. And so I want to say this morning that God had authority over the situation already. Moses saw this, but the children of Israel, amen, they did not because they were focused on their past. They were focused on the enemy that was behind them. They were focused on the situation that was presented before them. And Moses' eyes were focused, amen, about on God and what he told him, amen, to do. And he was able to go forward and not only able to go forward, but to move the people forward. And so God took that stick, that weak, powerless, dead, dry stick, and used it in a mighty way. Simply because Moses yielded it to the Lord. Had it remained at Moses' hands, it would have been, had held no power for God. But it would have been, amen, held power over his life. And so because he yielded it to the Lord, he was freed from his power over him. And he was free to use it, amen, for God's power and his glory. Psalms 23, 4 through 6 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall, flow me, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so we see, amen, God's provision over David's life. The rod then speaks of governmental power. But what is uh, signified by the casting down of the rod to the ground surely speaks of God's delegating power. And so Moses laid down his will. He laid down his circumstances to God. And as he did, God was, amen, he was able to pick that simple staff, amen, and have authority over a raging sea of impossibilities. And so do you give your impossibilities to God? Or do you try to handle them on your own? I've tried to do this so many times. And God will put us in a position that we'll have no choice, amen, to handle, to give our situations to him. When Moses first met God at the burning bush, Moses knew his insufficiency. And so he feared the consequences to himself. So what did he do? He tried to get out of it. And just like you and I, we try to get out of things in our lives. We don't want to go that route. Moses didn't want to go the route that God told him to go. He didn't want to be the deliverer. Amen. He didn't want to face who he really was. And so to steady him, God gave Moses... 
Amen. Some assurance. He said three things. He says, I will be with you. Think about this. God is with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to reassure us, amen, that he's there in our situation. He's there in our difficulties. He's there in our unknowns. And so God tells Moses, I will be with you. And he also tells him that he will stretch out his hand. That even though, amen, Moses is walking into the unknown, that God is going to stretch out his hands over his circumstances, that God is going to be there, amen, to deliver him and help him. And then he tells him this third thing. He says, I am that I am. Amen. And so this is God's rule. Amen. His authority over everything. And so how many of us know that God is who he says he is? God's not trying to figure out who he is. He's more than able, amen, to just eliminate, amen, those those things, those Amen. Struggles that we have. And he tells this to Moses. He says, I am. I, I can handle it, Moses. I can do it. And then give Moses, he gives Moses this dead stick. He gives him those three assurances. He gives Moses this dead stick. And he tells him, go deliver my people. And so in our hands, things can be deadly. And so when we give them to God, they can bring deliverance to many. It depends on whose hands it is in. So it was in God's hands, and then he gives it to Moses. He says, go deliver my people. And so a, a plain bar of iron is worth $5. When it is made into a horseshoe, it can be worth $50. When it is made into the needles, this same bar can uh, make $5,000 worth of needles. When it is made into springs for a Swiss watch, this bar of iron could be worth as much as $500,000. In the nails of Jesus' hands, it produced salvation for the entire world. Look at your life and see what you hold. You may hold it in your hand, but it dominates and controls your life. If this is an opportunity for you to be free from its pull and from its influence, throw it down and let God have it. When you hold it, it is a liability. When you give it to Him, it becomes a spiritual asset. Life is either about a dead stick or a powerful savior, which is true in your life and mine will be determined by how much we are willing to place it into God's hands. Bring what you hold in your hands, cast it down before him. Let him take that ability and turn it into an asset, liability and turn it into an asset for the glory 
And when he tells you to pick it up, it will be changed into something of deliverance and power. God tells Moses, lift up your hand and stretch, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Think about this. The people walked on dry ground. They walked over the situation like nothing. The sea that was before them. Amen. When Moses lifted up his staff, amen, the authority that God had given him, they were able to walk over dry ground. Mark 16, 14 through 20 says, Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Goes on to say, and he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, and I will speak and they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Amen. And so the apostles, amen, in, in the beginning of our scripture, they didn't believe, amen, that Jesus Christ had risen. And so he rebukes them, amen, for the hardness of their heart. And so they took courage, amen, in Christ. And they were able, amen, to have authority over, situ over their situation. They were able to have, amen, authority, amen, over things that would normally hurt them. Think about this. This scripture names about the serpent. Think about the, the scripture, amen, of Moses laying down the serpent. When God told him to, to throw it down. And so he throws it down, and so when he picks it up, it is a great thing in his hand. It is a sign of authority, amen. It is a sign that God, amen, is with Moses. And so these things that, that would normally harm us, that would normally come against us, as we put our faith and trust in Jesus, as we put, amen, lay all these burdens upon him, amen, they're, they're used for a great deliverance. So the scripture, amen, speaks about God's authority bestowed unto you and I. And so this morning, amen, God has given us that authority, amen, and we need to believe that. We need to move forward, amen. And so with that said, can I have every head bowed?
maybe I could. You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.